Howdy, and welcome back to our Aggie Catholic podcast from St. Mary's Catholic Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Father Brian McMaster, and we're offering our 30-day Ignatian podcast retreat called Taking Back the Crown. So since we're talking about the crown, I thought I would do today's episode in an English accent and that we would be considering the Lord's reign and kingship. But that would be really way hard to do that for all those episodes. So we're just going to go to the regular American accent. But uh, the crown is not an English crown we're not talking about. It's not the crown of the coronavirus. We want to be able to claim the crown for Jesus Christ, steal back any movement of fear and anxiety that the enemy is using in this time to cause self-isolation and to give it to Jesus and move towards a greater abiding love and friendship with him. As much as what we are self uh, distancing in these days, Jesus is not self distancing. He's very near. So I uh, hope that as you uh, participated yesterday, that you were able to enter into prayer. And we learned yesterday about this retreat and just going on a retreat in general. We also learned about St. Ignatius of Loyola and his spiritual exercises and how we're going to be using those to coach us in prayer and to invite us into prayer during this retreat. And we learned a particular method of an active presence getting started in which we considered for about the time that it takes to pray in our father, God's merciful, loving gaze upon us as a father. So I want to encourage you and maybe just for a moment, enter back into that gaze right now that the father is looking upon you and he is delighting in you that you're choosing to do this time as a retreat that the Lord wants to bless you and he welcomes you into this retreat. He knew in his heart for you that he wanted to use this time to strengthen you, to give you his love and to firm you up in blessing and grace upon grace. So be encouraged that you are here and you're listening, and that you are receiving the gaze of the Father. All right, well, today in our second episode, we're going to be learning about the principle and foundation that St. Ignatius of Loyola sets for his spiritual exercises. That is kind of what is the, the mission, what is the, the vision that he has that might be accomplished for this retreat. Secondly, we're going to look at another element of an active presence. That is how we get started in prayer. And that is asking for a grace. Now I'll explain what that means and how it helps us to receive more during prayer. Lastly, as I'll do every day, I'll give a prayer assignment that you can take to your own time of prayer each day. Consider that for a moment, you know, uh, listening to the podcast, that's half of the commitment the prayer time is the other half. And we might say that that is the most important part because it's where we meet the Lord. Okay, well, let's talk about the principle and foundation that St. Ignatian, Ignatius sets for us. Let me read it for you. God created human beings to praise, reverence, and serve God 
and by doing this to save their souls. God created all other things on the face of the earth to help fulfill this purpose. For this it, it follows that we are to use the things of this world only to the extent that they help us to this end. And we ought to rid ourselves of the things of this world to the extent that they get in the way of this end. For this it is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things as much as we are able, so that we do not necessarily want health rather than sickness, riches rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, a long rather than a short life, and so on in all of the rest, so that we ultimately desire and choose only what is most conducive for us to be the end for which God created us. So if we're getting started at the beginning of the retreat and St. Ignatius was to give these podcasts, he'd say, this is what I want our hearts to be oriented in, to be able to, to set our hearts on this principle and foundation. This lays the groundwork for where we are headed. This is kind of like Ignatius's Magnificat. Mary sings, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And Ignatius is saying, this is what we want to echo and resound in our hearts as a praise to God our Father. So this principle and foundation, notice it's going gonna, it's gonna to challenge us, right? And this is what it really means to have the kingdom of God active in us, to take back the crown. It means that we've got to change some things to repent and believe in the gospel. You might say that there are three movements within this principle and foundation, or you could even call them calibrations. You know, like when you got a GPS in the car and uh, maybe like if you do like I do and you make a wrong turn or you get impatient, you want to go another way and your phone tells you it's recalibrating. At least mine does. I, I got it. Siri speaks English uh, accent with me. But anyway, it'll say I'm recalibrating and it will recalibrate a new route for you. Well, that's in a way what we've got to do. Or imagine um, another example is that of a sniper in the military. He will utilize different calibrations in the rifle, accounting for wind, altitude, and distance. There are three calibrations that Ignatius wants us to be attentive to. Our creaturehood, and indifference, and thirdly, commitment to the Lord. So let's go ahead and break those down. First, creaturehood. You know, uh, when you call somebody a creature, it sounds like you're insulting them, but in the truth of things, we are God's creation, his beloved creation. And that highlights for us three aspects. Humility, that we're called to respect God's design, Second, our complete total reliance on God. And third, our calling to live in grandeur in his love. There's a great passage in the book of Job towards the end. You know, Job has been suffering all of these uh, illnesses and devastations in his life. Bad things are happening to Job. And for the most part, he's done pretty well at, at holding out and not complaining. But towards the end, he asks God, for reasons, and he wants to know, and he wants things to be justified. And God answers him back from the 38th chapter of Job all the way through the 41st chapter. That's a lot of verses. And he speaks back to him, 
challenging him. I'm going to read a little bit of that for, for you from Job 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. He goes on for another two, three chapters and speaks back to Job, reminding him that he is the creator and we are creation. It's a reminder that's helpful for all of us as we start this retreat that we're not the center of the universe and that God in the midst of everything and even dark times that can seem unexplainable, that there is something much larger. And this gives us a humility to be grounded, humus, humility, to be grounded in the truth of who we are and who God is. And yet all of this is within a context of a creator who actually loves us. He's not indifferent to us. He loves us. You see, a lot of times, don't we, um, we do the opposite of this principle and foundation. We are often concerned about the praise and reverence and service of ourselves. But if we recalibrate, we can be about a greater praise, reverence, and service of God. Secondly, we got to rely on him. That's what our creaturehood means. Trusting in divine providence. Jesus says to his apostles in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so like children with their parents, when they're very little, they can't do much without them. And this is how God wants to be able to trust him and to place our reliance completely on him. Now, it's not all just lowering ourselves and our estimations of ourselves, but also to be able to see our most high calling. One of my uh, favorite quotes of John Paul II is that Jesus Christ, in revealing the Father to us, has fully revealed man to himself and brings to light his most high calling. St. John Paul II is actually quoting the Second Vatican Council when he does that. He's reminding us that Jesus shows us who we are, but also shows us our most high calling, that it's giving us an, an eternal perspective to be able to see things, and that the goal here is to attain our salvation. All right, so that's our creaturehood. We have to recalibrate that. Secondly, indifference. And probably when you were listening to this part, you were going, whoa, this sounds like a challenge. For it is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things as much as we are able. So as we're not necessarily want health rather than sickness, riches rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, a long life rather than a short life, and so on with all the rest. Well, this indifference kind of sounds like, is he telling us not to care? Uh, you know, like, have you ever been... Uh, going out with your friends and, well, where do y'all want to eat? And somebody says, I don't care, you pick. Ah, it drives me nuts, right? You kind of want somebody to show you what they want, what they prefer. Well, St. Ignatius is not asking us to be indifferent or apathetic or not caring. In fact, he actually wants us to be freer to care for what is most important. Indifference means a holy indifference. 
a readiness of the soul to be able to move easily towards God's will. It's about freedom versus unfreedom and readiness to receive. Imagine a tennis player. You know when a tennis player is getting ready to receive a serve and he or she is kind of there on the other side of the court, kind of moving, kind of almost hopping kind of in a stance back and forth from one foot to the other. There's a, a readiness, a flexibility, versatility to be able to go either way, depending upon which way the ball is going to go, that the server serves it. This is the holy indifference. We're called to have spiritually in our hearts a, a movement from leg to leg, a readiness spiritually to be able to move with him and to choose what is, what is it that ultimately helps us to achieve that end, our salvation and a greater praise, reverence, and service of our God. How do I do this? Well, St. Ignatius actually doesn't give an answer in this principle and foundation. And ultimately, the answer is that you don't do it. God does it. God does it in us. And the answer is Jesus. So when we're abiding with him, then he's the one who accomplishes this in us, a readiness. This is like St. Paul saying, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And so by companioning Jesus, I, I have the ability to do some things that maybe I, I wouldn't do otherwise. I remember when I was in middle school and uh, thinking about going on a date, you know, and what do you, <laughs> when you're in middle school, you don't really date, but uh, so it's like, what do you do? You go to the mall or you go to a movie? And, you know, I, as a guy would want to go see one kind of movie, you know, um, and, but the girlfriend, the date, she wants to go see a different kind of movie. And I can remember one time going to go see with a girl, Steel Magnolias. I don't know if you've seen this movie before. And uh, so it's one of these movies that's kind of sentimental and it can really, it, it, I, I end up going and it makes you cry, you know? And it's not a movie that I would have normally picked on my own, but here I am, you know, it's like, what, do I, what are we going to do? Are we going to do what I want to see or what she wants to see? <laughs> you go and see what she wants to see, right? And, but what I found was that I ended up delighting in the movie because I wanted to delight in the things that she delighted in. I had an indifference in my heart that was moved because of the relationship to an indifference. And I ended up being transformed even through that. So this is the way it is with God. God doesn't want to steal away anything from us. God wants to expand our heart and our desires to make them more free and more open to an ultimate and greater happiness than we can ever choose or fathom for ourselves. But to do that, we got to let go. We got to let go of our presumed preferences to be able to give room for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ultimate free man. St. Paul says, have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, something to be grasped at, but rather he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave coming in human likeness and found human in appearance. He humbled himself being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. All of this, our creaturehood, our holy indifference, can lead us to commitment. Remember the movie Braveheart? <clears throat> and uh, Mel Gibson character starts talking about freedom. He says, well, you're free men. Free are but what will you do with that freedom? 
will he fight? And he's encouraging those that are following him to, to step it up and to, to be capable of even sacrificing, of choosing, making a choice and doing it because it's the thing I should do. It's who I am. And I'm responding to my identity. This is hard in this world today to choose. And we've got yet some holy examples. Remember Mary's fiat. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to, the, my, to, my, to your word. She was ready, free, and she committed. John the Baptist, he must increase, I must decrease. St. Paul, I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. So we're called also to be able to follow in an openness that comes from understanding our creaturehood, having a holy indifference, and being ready to commit. This is the recalibration that St. Ignatius of Loyola will ask us to do as we get ready to embark on this retreat. You might be scared a little bit right now and say, whew, that's going to take some conversion, Father Brian. And yet, all we got to do is just invite Jesus in. Let Jesus walk with us. And he's going to begin to do that. And that's where prayer comes in. So let's go ahead and move on now to the uh, prayer lesson for today. And we're going to expand upon what we talked about yesterday. We taught an active presence by considering for the amount of time that it takes to pray in our Father, God's loving gaze upon you. But also Ignatius adds to that additionally, asking the Holy Spirit to assist us in prayer. And then also he asks us to ask for a grace, a grace you know, a lot of times when we ask, when we think of grace, we think um, like I'm going to the HEB or the Walmart of graces, and it's like a thing that I'm going to get, the grace to do this, the grace to do that. And yet grace is the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, my very relationship with the Lord that moves within me of being in communion with him. And so asking for a grace helps us to receive in prayer. So, for example, if uh, you are a, a catcher playing baseball and you're watching the pitcher and the pitcher is signaling to you the kind of pitch that he wants to throw and you're signaling back to him what it is that you want to receive and acknowledging what kind of ball is going to come, you now know based upon the communication of desire. You know where to move the glove. You know to move it a certain way, if it's going to be a curved ball, hold it a little bit firmly, if it's going to be a fast ball, or be prepared to move your hand even further if it's going to be a ball that's going to be thrown. And so the same is true also in prayer, that we have the ability by saying to God our desire, the ability to catch and receive the grace that he desires to be able to give to us. Now you might be thinking, all right, so I just got to ask for what I want, right? Well, no, it's not like we go and we just ask for anything, but it's, there are certain kinds of graces that truly speak to our relationship with the Lord that St. Ignatius wants us to ask for. So some examples in, in this part of the retreat, a grace would be, to know and understand more deeply God's love for me. 
or eventually when we talk about sin, to have sorrow and perhaps even confusion over my sinfulness. That these are graces that we ask for. Later, in, when we consider the life of Christ, we might say that I might know him more closely, love him more intensely, follow him more closely. These are graces that we want to have happen in our lives. And so to communicate those helps us to receive them when it is that we enter into prayer. All right. Well, ready for your prayer assignment for the day. And here it is. Take your Bible and as you begin to pray, be attentive to the active presence. You've learned a few things now. To begin by considering God's loving gaze upon you for the about the time it takes to pray the Lord's Prayer. Then ask for a grace. And I'm going to ask you today to, to ask for this grace. To experience Jesus, call me personally, and draw forth my desire. The scripture passage that you're going to pray with is Luke 18, 35 to 43. Chapter 18, verses 35 to 43. This is Jesus healing a blind man. And Jesus asks him, what is it that you want me to do for you? Notice that he's engaging his desire. Previously, Jesus calls him to himself. So the encouragement when you pray this passage today in your prayer, as you enter into the loving gaze of the Father and you begin your prayer, I'd invite you to dive into it. Substitute yourself for the blind man. Imagine that you're there. You might want to imagine what Jesus looks like, what Galilee looks like, and what it is that to, to be blind and what that feels like. And yet the longing and desire to get to Jesus, maybe not knowing how to do that, and yet healing, hearing him call you, bring him to me, come to me. Jesus wants you closer to him. And then he wants to know your desire. So pray with your desires. Pray with what in your heart right now is surfacing and ask, is there any place where the Lord wants to bring those desires under his reign to purify them by a recalibration of creaturehood, of holy indifference, or commitment? Well, I hope that you've enjoyed today the second episode of the Taking Back the Crown retreat that we might give glory to Jesus Christ, our King. Let us close today with the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, Pray for us, the Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.